0: Welcome to Creative Chat, the show in which creativity is celebrated and explored with a little therapy thrown in. Each show brings artists from different modalities together to discuss their art, their creative process, and how we all are interconnected. Tune in today to find out how with your host, Dr. Judy Bloom, and entertainer, Richard Skipper.
1: was Egypt with a capital E Whatever he did he was showered with praise If he cracked a joke then you chortled for days No one had a rights or a vote but the king In fact you might say he was fairly right wing When a pharaoh Get down on your knees Down at the other end of the scale Joseph is still doing time in jail For even though he is in with the guards A lifetime in prison seems quite in the cards my analysis of the position is right at the end of the tunnel
2: That That voice still goes through me like a bow and arrow. I mean, it's just unbelievable.
3: Haunting. Yeah. Hello,
2: Judy. Uh, Today, uh, normally we do our shows on Thursdays. We're doing a very special edition today. It was 25 years ago today that Laurie Beachman passed on. And just a few days ago, uh, my assistant, Rosa Puzo, called me because it was brought to our attention about this documentary on uh, Laurie Beachman, which we're going to celebrate today. Uh, We have some amazing guests waiting in the wings and some great film clubs as well. But I wanted to share with you. Did you ever see Laurie perform live?
3: No, I never did, unfortunately. So I want to take
2: you back. 1981, uh, Christmas of 81, I had a dear friend, Teresa Kindred, and she took me to the Intermedia Theater on 2nd Avenue to see Joseph in the Amazing Dream Dreamcoat. Mm-hmm. It was the show that I was going to see. But when Laurie Beachman came out on stage and started to sing, I'm going to get emotional thinking about this right now, that voice went through me. I was sitting on the edge of my seat I had never experienced anything like that ever in the theater. And I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it since. Mm -hmm. But my friend, Teresa, I was fresh off the farm of Conway, South Carolina, recently in New York, just uh, about a year and a half at this point. And Teresa wrote to Laurie and she told her all about me and about my coming to New York. And Laurie wrote me the most incredible letter uh, welcoming me to New York wishing me a successful career Wow! and this wonderful photograph that she had signed for me well a few years later i'm doing a show at the carter theater with Chaz commentary of all people and someone broke into the theater and they ransacked the theater and this theater this photograph of laurie sat on my desk everywhere i went on my dressing room table and someone that broke in took this photograph and ripped it into shreds oh my god and my friend Teresa when I when she found out about it she wrote to Laurie again and Laurie sent me a second photograph with a key attached to it and she said Richard for god's sake lock it up (laughs) (laughs) and I still have the photograph so god bless her Thank you. But I want to bring on uh Galen Ross who has created this phenomenal film. Thank you. Hello Galen. And, and you know, and if your daughter uh pops up on the screen, she's, that's mine.
0: She's because... photobombing me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Laurie would have it no other way. Yeah. That's way. So first of all, I want to congratulate you on mm-hmm. this great film. Uh and mm-hmm. uh, uh you know really It's heartfelt, uh, but it's also uplifting uh, about the human condition and what keeps those of us uh, who have beautiful dreams and desires to keep going. Uh, How did you first become aware of Laurie Beachman and what was the impetus for making this film?
0: Well, I, I was a big fan of Laurie's. I mean, I always went to, to hear her sing, whether it was in the cabaret or was at the Rainbow Room or um, the West Bank Cafe, which is now named for Lori, Lori Beachman Theatre there. Um, but we weren't friends, but I, I was a huge fan and I was a friend with a lot of her friends. And then when she passed away, um, after that, her husband, Neil Mazzella, because I'm a filmmaker, asked if I would... Uh, you know, be interested in taking all of the things that, you know, the the videos he had piles and piles. And would I make a, a film about it? And I was working with an editor, Lori Sullivan, and we looked at everything and we said, you know, this is beautiful, but we need people to talk about it. We need people to talk about her, to, to, to evoke what it was like to work with her, what her music was like. So that's when we started like calling up people like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Alan Menken and writing to Sir Trevor Nunn. I don't know if he was a sir servant. Um, and there wasn't a single note. Everybody was like, where can we do this? What can we do? This is when we're in New York. And they all came down, we had their lighting set up, the camera was all set up for them. I remember Trevor Nunn trekking down in the snow, snowstorm, you know, so he could do the interview for Lori. And that's really, and then Mary Testa and Andrew McArdle, people in Richard J., Alexander, of course, you know, people who you know, it really it, it and Jim Wilhelm, all these people, Sam Harris, that made Laurie come to life, I think, within the music, so that they could get a sense of how amazing she was. And even though the music, of course, says it all in, in many ways, um, their memories and recollections of her, I thought we thought were was really important.
2: And you, you and I were talking just a few moments before we went live, and this film was made a few years ago. Yes. Uh, but it all holds up uh, as if as if it was just done.
0: Yeah, when, when we made it, it was a very difficult time for documentaries to get on the air because there weren't many films about biopics and music. And so we tried. And so finally, Neil um, said, let's just leave it as, we did one premiere and then he said, let's leave it as a scholarship fund for Laurie at Yale and now you know we're releasing it and it's interesting how laurie's legacy and her music still speak to people
2: so as you're putting the film together i'm sure a lot must also appear on the cutting room floor or was that the case with you
0: I think we used everything. (laughs) I don't don't know what we didn't use. You know, it was funny. I will tell you one short story. Andrew Lloyd Webber came in, and I remember that the West Bank was under construction at the time, and he went downstairs. He was very nervous because it looked really strange. You know, we're in Hell's Kitchen. I think he left his wallet in in the limo because he was afraid to bring it down. And he came down, and he sat down in the chair, and he said, okay, you've got 10 minutes. And I remember my cameraman Bob Richmond turning around. He says, "Galen, your questions are usually longer than that um, one question." And would you believe we used every ten minute, every second of what he said? And and he was great, you know. So I don't think anything was left on the floor. Did <laughs> well, did Lori go
3: to Yale Drama? Is that why the connection with Yale?
0: Um, Neil Neil was at yeah. Yale, so I'm not sure about Laurie. But no, I don't think Laurie was. But Neil was a part of Yale,
3: right?
2: Well, I reached out to a few people who were not able to be here today. And one of those people was David Friedman, who, of course, listened to my heart. That's where this comes from. And he said, Richard, I'm on the road. I can't be there. I love Laurie dearly. Use the footage from the film. So I'm going to share that and then I will bring on our next guest. Uh, So here it is from the film. Uh, let me bring this up here. And uh, Mary, I saw your note that you can't hear us in the wings. I don't know what the issue is. I, ho- Gary, Richard, nod if you can hear me. Uh, they can hear me. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to hear me when I bring you on. Uh, but I hope. Uh, here's uh, David Friedman and Laurie Beachman. All my
1: life, I've been on a road going one way what one dream, the road would wind, and down it I would go, always searching, never finding, but even in my darkest hour, I always knew that someday, somehow, the road would How my heart's filled with happiness Listen to it, listen to my heart Listen to it sing, listen to my voice It wants to tell you everything Listen to my song, listen to it soar I've waited all these years for this one moment Not waiting anymore. Listen to my. In 1990,
2: she released her first album, a riveting collection of Broadway anthems and new songs. The title cut, Listen to My Heart, was written especially for her by the album's producer, her old friend and colleague, David Friedman.
4: She had just come through her first bout of cancer, and
2: she was doing her first album, which I was producing. It's interesting the input of a great singer i i had uh, written it and it's a song that builds and builds and builds and it went uh, it went and you're here and you're listening
5: you're listening
2: listen to my heart listen, that's the way i wrote it and laurie said i i need something like that kind of lifts there can you give me and it ends up here and you're listening you're You had a great singer like Laurie, who had instincts like that. You rewrote for her. Uh, there was something, you know, one of the small handful of extremely important musical experiences and uh, that that I've had. I love in that clip. Margaret Whiting is the, uh, jumps up, and you see her applauding there. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to bring on one of Laurie's. Uh, best uh, cheerleaders and friends, and that of course is Richard J. Alexander. Richard, thank you
6: so much for being here today. It's been brutal sitting in this waiting room watching this. It's really, it's a little too much. You know, um, when the documentary was done, it was a very fresh wound. You know, Gail, and you'll remember the wound is just as fresh today. Since this thing surfaced on YouTube, about a week ago, i haven't stopped crying every single day because somebody watches it, somebody calls me, somebody posts a thing it's it, This has been brutal, and i can 't believe in the best possible way that she's not going to be forgotten she's not going to be forgotten and uh it's just a beautiful thing and I'm so grateful to neil Laurie's you know widow or husband who gave Galen the permission to throw this up on YouTube in this twenty first century but um it's I see my life flash before me. David Friedman gave me my first job in New York City in a little off-Broadway musical called Boy Meets Boy. Like we are all intertwined. I can't even believe I'm around. <laughs> that
2: is so wild. I, a friend of mine was over today and I had all this music on my uh, table and he said, uh, Bill Solly, who is that? Oh, and, yeah. uh, and and here we are talking about this today. He was just lying on my table. I um, was
6: out on Saturday night uh, to dinner with uh, Jeffrey Finn from the Kennedy Center and Mark Sundroff, you know, who we all know and love in the entertainment business, our lawyer. And uh, I got a FaceTime request. And Ben had just had a screening of the documentary with a whole slew of people, multi-generational, some I knew, some I didn't. And a Q&A started while I was in a restaurant in a corner. And I was just sobbing. Oh. Like, that's how crazy the timing of this has been. But Boy, um, did I love Lori? Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy.
3: I want to hear more about Lori as a person, not just as a performer. So tell me, I didn't know her, so tell me about her.
6: They were they were sort of intertwined, actually. You know, her voice, her speaking voice sang, you know, it had a cadence and stuff. And uh she was insanely musical, really, really, really funny. And probably um, those of us that lived through the cancer—if you watch the documentary—I was telling the boys the other night, the scandal of the orange dress. It's not—it's uh, not really told in the thing. But back then, uh, in the '80s, people wore black in cabaret, and we busted out the rules. And I put her in orange over orange. It was an orange party dress over a strappy little number, right? But the real trick was that she was getting the medicine infused here. You know, the hole was there for the tubing for her treatments. And so that's where the scarf came from when you see that, because it covered the hole. Right. Um, And so all of that, the big earrings, like all of it was very, very calculated to celebrate. And she was game. She was the unsinkable Molly Brown. She, it's just shocking. The word spirit, people use it, but man, you know, she just kept bouncing back and ready for more and, and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, it's it's just she was a spectacular human being. She loved the business. She loved to perform. And there was nobody like her. I mean, just nobody. As uh, Richard said when he opened the show, you think, you know, it's sort of like uh, even when I'm home and you're doing random music on your, pl- you know, whatever you're playing. And Lori comes on. It pierces you. It's just like Nobody else. Yeah, a lot of people can hit those notes, but it's the color, the circular, the, you know, it's it's crazy that a voice can affect you like that, you know?
2: And you, I, you know, it's very interesting. And there are several things that just jump out at me in this film. Uh, the first was when uh, her mother first found out that she was diagnosed with a cancer and did not want Laurie to know. And then she says, and of course, her doctor went in and told her. And... So many people, um, a lot of people, uh, when uh, they are given a a diagnosis such as this, uh, they retreat. They don't want people to know about it. They want it to be private. Um, Laurie wore it on her sleeve, and she let the world know what she was going through, which was brave and amazing, especially at that time.
6: Yeah, Richard, it happened. We were in rehearsal uh, to play... um... On the road, and she was writhing on the floor. It was undeniable that something was wrong. Also, her stepdad um uh was a doctor, and so it was a lot of good information. You know, the, the family was very together, Claudia, everybody, that whole family was such a strong unit, she had such support, and then of course, Neil. Um, but uh uh Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I I remember a particular night now, in hindsight, it was a a benefit for Manhattan Theater Club. It was their spring gala. And the three singers were Lori Beachman, Nancy Lamott, and Mary Claire Heron. And they're all gone.
4: Mm.
6: Wow. You know? And Nancy also had the fate of cancer. You know, um, Mary got hit by a car, you know, riding a bicycle. But it's crazy. But, you know, just... Uh, I don't know, like singers and tragedy and life and information and lyrics and living. And life is always a part of it. Something about the life force and, and grabbing on and what you bring to lyrics is uh, is something. If you look at all the great women of jazz, you know, I don't know. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hallucinating right now, if you want to know the truth. This whole thing has spun my world out 25 years later. Listen, I had the DVD. It's been sitting on the shelf. <laughs> for twenty five years, it's not like you pull it out to be depressed but now it's everywhere, and people are learning about this fantastic person with this great film, which Galen does hold up. I mean it really is timeless, and it makes people hunt and so Richard, you know, kudos to you for i mean this is a celebration. I'm sitting here crying like a little bitch, but you know no, we
2: celebrate we celebrate, and I'm going to keep this out'm know, I'm, I'm happy because I want to bring on i'm I've got a clip uh Sam Harris and mm-hmm. uh and all right, were really joined at the hip. And he truly wanted to be here today. And uh, he sent me this great clip and- He uh, worshiped
6: at the altar of Ethel Merman, the two of them.
2: That's right. And then I'm gonna bring on Mary Testa right after this. So yes, uh, here's Sam Harris.
6: Hi, Richard and everybody.
7: Um, I am so sorry that I can't be there live with you guys. Uh, time change and all that stuff. Uh, But I couldn't miss this opportunity to talk about my dear Lori. I don't think I can say anything about her talent that hasn't been said in this documentary and among you guys today. She was otherworldly. She was literally an angel on this earth with that gift. And not just the voice, but all that was behind it. Something extraordinary about Lori was uh, the first time she had cancer, the way it informed her work. She was never into self-pity at all, but she let it inform her work. She had more understanding of humanity. It was, there were deeper resources. And I can definitely say that of all the people I've worked with in my long career, Lori is by far my vocal musical soulmate. We, when we sang together, something magical happened and we would interweave and not even know exactly what we did, it was extraordinary. Um, speaking of how she let her her uh, circumstances inform her, we were doing a benefit in together, I think, with Richard J. Alexander in uh, Florida, and we were doing a sound check. And, you know, sound check, you're not really performing so much as getting the sound, but it was st- still, what she brought was still inescapable. And there were these two girls, I think they might have been from a Saigon company. Um, anyway, they were sitting and gabbeting, talking, 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 and Lori was up. And I just turned to them and I said, you need to be quiet. You're going to learn more in the next three minutes than you have in your entire life. And that was true. What else can I say very uh, quickly? Um, A memory I have when Lori was really at the end, it might've been the day before she died or maybe even the day of, and she was hallucinating and she was pretty out and laying on the sofa and I was holding her hand and sitting there and stroking her hair and she did this. You're too short for that gesture! And then went back. Um, Even in the end, all about Eve, she was still uh, making me laugh and making me love her. I'll I'll close on this. When we were doing uh, our show at Rainbow and Stars, we did a press press, uh, photo session here are a few Look, lovely lovely aren't we darling lovely oh oh what is that that exactly that is the shot that al franken was canceled for but laurie seems to be enjoying it um anyway i'm sorry i couldn't be there in person i love you guys for celebrating my dear dear friend bye-bye how do you turn this off
2: I just love him so much. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. Uh, and hello, Mary. Hi. Hi, everybody. Oh, Mary. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Mary, do you remember the first time that you heard this voice?
5: I had heard Lori, you know, several times. But the first time we worked together, um, fairly late, uh, I became, Laurie, and I became very close friends, but fairly late, I think she had just finished her second round of cancer. When we became friends, we did a show at um, the uh, McCarter theater together. And I don't even remember the name of it, but we became really close friends and she was just magical. Always. The thing about Lori was the unlimited joy that she had When she performed Um, and my and one of my favorite memories, I'm a little scattered uh, all over the place because it is really affecting is being in the car with Laurie driving when she would call Neil, her (laughs) husband, and they called each other Mooney. And I love that so much. She'd always call Neil when she, uh, she drive me out to her house and, and she would talk to Neil and they would call each other Mooney. And I just love that so much. Wow. I know that's not a performance memory. Do you know but, why
3: Mooney? Why Mooney? Yes, because
5: they were they were so in love and they were from honeymoon. So they were from their honeymoon, they he, they became Mooney to each other, which I loved. I, I love
2: that, like. that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, we were uh, richard uh, said that the uh, dvd sat on his shelf for a long time um was it the same with you when was the last time that you saw the documentary
5: i actually just watched it uh recently no i had seen it originally and then i didn't see it for a long time because it wasn't really available and i don't have a copy of it um so <laughs> then i once once you asked me to do this, I was like, I'm going to watch this again. And I just had such a wonderful time. I also thought I sounded really dumb on it, but um, you know, you're always critical of yourself. But um,
6: uh, it just
5: is so wonderful to see Lori, you know, to, it just was wonderful to see Lori again and that little face. And also after she had her second, I think it was after she had the second round of chemo, or it might have been the third. Her hair came back curly, and she was always like, "Look at my hair! I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just like you. I'm curly hair. Her hair came back curly for some reason."
0: She's
2: just an amazing talent, and uh, I mean, what so, was that? an ask- amazing
5: friend, an amazing friend, very deep, very love. I have uh, things of hers that Neil gave me after she died that I cherish.
2: Well, like I said, I mean, a complete stranger. She didn't know me from Adam to twice to send me this picture and to you know and to even put a note on there to lock it up at her uh, was just an amazing thing. And I was so moved by this. And of course, when she passed on, uh, even though I mean, and God bless all of you who knew her personally, I didn't have that luxury. Uh, but it, it affected me on such a deep level yeah. when she passed away. So I can't even imagine what you were all feeling at that moment
5: i can't imagine what she would have done you know that the the beauty and the and the brilliance that she would have done had she been still been here and the roles she would have played and the stuff she would have sang it would be tremendous
2: well, before we bring on our next guest on, Richard, I want to talk, you know, you really were instrumental on getting her back on the stage and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can talk a little bit about that, it's, you just talk about it in the film, it's it's discussed in the film.
6: Yeah, it's interesting. There's a bunch of heroes missing uh, from this talk right now. And one of them would be Jim Mulhelm, a yeah. longtime agent. And, um, you know, I knew him very, very well. And also Neil, I had known when I was in Amadeus, he was our winch operator. She met him as the winch operator on Cats, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, they were very much heroes. Um, When the whole cancer thing went down, you know, there were sort of rules at Les Mis, you know, where I would put somebody on the road for a little while, then bring them to New York, you know, because there were like 11 companies. And I said to her, and I said to Jim at the time, and I say this in the film, I promise you, get through this, I'll bring you right to Broadway, no road, no nothing. That said, I don't think I, I don't know if I said this in the film or not, but, you know, I was in the audience the night she did Philly, and she started hallucinating just before Fontaine comes back as the ghost. And I was in the audience, and they came out and got me, This is a little hair raising. And you go back and there's Lori in the hospital gown. And, you know, after she got out of the hospital, nobody ever played that scene like her or for again. But she's in the wings and she goes, Richard, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And now, you know, with Alzheimer's so big in, you know, in our world and stuff like that, I'm going to tell you what happened. The music for her to walk out there as the ghost started. Mm -hmm. And guess what? She walked and she did it. She did it because she knew it. She knew it was her music. It, It was just an amazing, amazing thing. And we got through it. And it was temporary. It was balances of drugs and stuff like that. And then she got back on the right combination. But, you know, we were confronted with things at these times. You know, if you look at AIDS, if you look at this period of time we were in, you know, I was dealing with actors who... You know, we're taking, you know, AZT and it stopped the cords from vibrating equally. And so we were faced so many horrifying things in the 80s and we lost so many people. I know, Mary, I'm with you. Like, I can't take it. It's a lot. But, you know, Lori just kept going. And, um, you know, it it, with a
5: terrific sense of humor. Like, that's right.
6: That's right, Mary. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, And she was funny. It's no surprise to me that she played Fanny Bryce at Sacramento Music Circus, you know? We were
5: walking one day. We had had lunch or something, and it was, you know, during the third bout. And um, we were walking, and I just was talking and walking, and she goes, will you slow down, please? I just (laughs) finished getting treated for cancer. (laughs) Slow down. Because I was, like, walking way ahead of her.
6: Holding no no prisoners. That's a great story. That is very, very Lori Beachman. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I want Go
0: ahead, Dylan. No, I was just thinking of... it. I mean, this is very weird, and I don't know if it's... But it sounds so much like what you're saying about Laurie. But usually when I make a film, I dream... When I'm editing, especially, I dream about it every night. It's like, you know, it's just endless. It's like, um, what did I do? What I didn't do? And I never, ever had a dream during the making of the film of Laurie. Wow. Until... Till we said, This is the fine cut. We're locked. We're done. This is it. And that night, I swear to you, I had this dream. I'm on a Broadway stage. I'm sitting on this bed. I don't know this Teen's bed. And Lori comes over and she says, "What took you so long?" <laughs> 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 like, oh my god! It was the weirdest thing. That, that no. was that sounded visitation, like a visitation. That was a visitation.
6: Yes, yeah. but you know, Richard. Back to your question. You know, besides the act and all that, bringing her back to Les Mis, I was so fortunate because the position I was in as executive producer and associate director, I had Trevor and John behind me and I had Cameron behind me. That is tremendous power to have under your wings where you can make a promise like that and know you can deliver it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's beyond casting director. Mm -hmm. And of course, Johnson and Lyft were our brilliant casting directors and, you know, them and Adelaide Lorena, they all brought Lori to my attention. And that's how these famous friendships are. you It's your war. You know, Broadway is like a bad high school hallway. Sometimes you just want to get home from work without getting slammed into a locker. You know, it's a very small bit of real estate and it can be brutal, but as Jim said, you know, they were afraid she wasn't going to work again. And so the fact that she put it on, and he, he always called me a hero. He said at the funeral that I was a man of my word, but I wouldn't have been able to give my word if it wasn't for Cameron and Trevor and John letting me really take hold of that show for all those years. Do you know what I mean? I was the last word because I was here in America and everybody else was in England, you know? But that was tremendous Love and power, but they stood behind at 1 billion percent. And that's why I'm so glad they're in the film. And all the people that are supposed to be there are there. And then, you know, if we flash forward to after when I was asked to a meeting at Jim Wilhelm's office, it was Neil and Jim and me. And Neil asked me to do the memorial service. You know, Mary, were you at that at the Winter Garden?
5: I couldn't go. I was out of town. I can't remember what I was doing, but I wasn't able to go. Right.
6: This is another story that I treasure because it's not in the film, but Neil uh, wanted me to put it together. And of course, a lot of people wanted to be in it. A lot of people wanted to show off. A lot of people wanted to sing. There's only one problem. Nobody sings like Lori. So guess what? Nobody's singing. Okay. And I did an audacious, audacious theatrical thing, which I could have been murdered, but I wasn't. I remembered I used to do tear sheets, and I remember seeing an ad in The Hollywood Reporter when Mel Blank died. There was a spotlight on the microphone, and all the characters that Mel Blank had voiced were in reverence with their heads down. Mm -hmm. So at the Winter Garden, I threw the spotlight on an empty mic, and Lori was singing, I'm leaving all my family, I'm leaving all my friends. It was shiver me timbers. And there was a dry eye in the house, but at the end, after everybody spoke, and Neil spoke passionately, and you know, all the people that participated in that night, nobody sang like Lori, right? And she had a favorite Jimmy Durante album that she and Neil loved. And there was that big cat's moon at the winter garden, right? And so the thing closed with Jimmy Durante going, I'll be looking at the moon and I'll be seeing you. And there's Lori's face on the moon and that's it. And
0: I I'll never
6: forget that. I Me mean, I, either. I I'm like, really? Memorial <laughs> services are being reviewed now? You know, like, <laughs> like I got reviewed, you know? So, but um, it was, I, I was there to ambassador Neil's wishes, what he wanted it to be like. And it was packed. That winter garden, there wasn't a seat in that place. Yeah, and my heart was broken was that I couldn't open, go blew the roof off the place. The speaking and Judy, to your point, everybody was talking about who Lori was. Yeah. Nobody sang like her, so nobody was going to be singing. Yeah.
3: And to and I, I just wanted to point out, Richard. You know, you were talking about you know the the power that you had to make those kinds of decisions, and that's because they had real faith in you and who you were and yeah, what I'm you. Good.
6: Could- I'm good. I don't need therapy today. <laughs> I'm very aware. That's why I'm boasting about them. I'm very, very aware. But Jim, to Jim, her agent, who was her die go. What's what's the phrase yeah. they do? Uh, your go ride guy. or die. You know, yeah.
5: right? He was
6: her ride or die. He fought her battles. You know. And so for him to say that at the memorial service was a very big deal. The other thing he did is the orange dress, the famous orange dress that I went to hell for, the press loved it, but all the people in the cabaret world, I was banished. You know, I would never win a Mac award. This (laughs) this was a sin, you know? know, I'm thinking if I win a Mac award, I'll kill myself. But. But the point is this, guess what? We got offered Atlantic City. I don't know if you remember this, Mary. We were the first Broadway people to be offered Atlantic City and we opened for Howie Mandel. And this is a real story. I hope I don't go to hell in a handbag for this. (laughs) Lori had some very good jokes that we wrote in New York, right? And we took stuff to the road. And I remember he visited her in her dressing room and said, I tell the jokes. <laughs> so he right. was oh he was supposed, she was supposed to be the singing opener. We were there <laughs> for the for weekends, oh. you know, laying in the sun, having birthday cake. It was May. We were Broadway babies. And, uh, and he wasn't happy. He was not happy. Oh, my um, God. And, and um, she was getting the laughs. She was getting the laughs. We we're making Philly she jokes. She was very so,
0: funny. Naturally. Yes,
6: she was. And so she goes, Should I do it? And Jim and I, Jim, ride or die, you do you. And she went Thank out you. there and we still did the jokes and he just frowned. <laughs> he just frowned backstage. But um, wow, what a lot of great things. Wow, 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 wow. Well,
2: I want to get our next guest on. Yes. Uh, Galen, would you introduce our next guest? Because you brought him to my attention.
0: Well, Gary is just been the most... Incredible, you know, not just fan, but lover of, of Laurie's music and has created this web, this Facebook page for Laurie and put things on. And he's just, even when I first started, you know, doing the film and putting clips up, um, Gary oh was God, always, that's a lot of Laurie
6: Beachman behind you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of Laurie Beachman. Yes. So, it's Gary,
4: always
6: been in my home. So Gary, you know
2: you started to tell us the story earlier, and I stopped you because you and I were both introduced to Laurie
4: at the, around
2: the same time.
4: Yes, you got to see her at the Intermedia um, in June of 1982. I was graduating high school; I was 18 years old. My aunt took me to see Joseph, and of course, like everyone else, I was blown away. It was. <laughs> a tsunami it was pouring down rain we come out of the theater i had we had one umbrella and i looked at my aunt and i said there's a restaurant right up the street go i'll meet you there she said what are you doing i said i have to meet this woman i have to meet her 18 i knew nothing about anything I actually was able to get backstage. She had a group of people in her dressing room at the Royale. <laughs> she turned and she looked at me and she said, and who are you? I said, the only thing I could say, my name is Gary Olson. We're going to be friends one day. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> it just happened. It just happened. We became friends back in the early eighties and mid eighties, I would say, um, And she changed my life. Just absolutely changed my life. To to sit in her audience at the ballroom, at at the Russian tea room, which by the way, Mary Testa, your laugh penetrated that room at the (laughs) Russian room when you saw her. Um, and I was there at the McCarter Theater.
5: Oh, you were? Okay. I, was, no. I don't remember the name of the show, do you?
4: I No, it It, it escaped me. <laughs> there were too many things going on that I was like, oh <laughs> I wanted to comment on, but yes. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean, I have the playbill and the, the program and everything from it. But um, And it was right before her birthday when I got to see her at the McCarter and I brought her a 45 of um, Party Lights, the original 1965 because she recorded that on her rock album.
6: All right, Laurie and the size.
4: Yep. And you were standing there right next to her and you thought it was great. So anyway, um, I got to meet Laurie. I got to know Laurie. I got to go shopping with Laurie. I got to, um, she was just, what you saw of her on stage, what came out through her performance, and Richard, you said it the best, the colors of every note. Nobody does that. Nobody can do that. Nobody has since done that. But that is what came out of her mouth when you talk to her, when it was about anything. There was such a vibrancy and an honesty. She saw through bullshit like nobody else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To sit and I say this on on all my my comments, on on the videos that I post on on YouTube, Um, to sit in her audience was something that nobody will ever be able to do again. And those of us that were there were Mm. blessed, absolutely blessed. There's a video that um, ended her (laughs) extended run from 1986 through 87 at the ballroom while she was doing Cats, uh, theres I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a videotape of the whole show. The last number, when the curtain comes down, I cleaned up, I fixed, I remastered the audio, like I did with everything I post. But I've kept that. I haven't posted it. I haven't put it anywhere until today. Wow. Um, and uh-huh. it, Galen, what did you think? Uh, you're, you're muted.
6: Time right.
0: uh, to keep the dog from barking. No. Um, I, I, if I had known about it, it would have been in the film. It's such an amazing.
6: What movie. song is it, Gary?
4: Remind us. It's called When the Curtain Comes Down. Oh, okay. And I know
6: kind of morbid title for today but when you watch
0: this performance, performance
6: and was it from was it from that show she'd done, the Henry Krieger with the... Uh, no, no, no
4: this is, this is, this is the Bobby Barron
2: is, is that is the Bobby Barron
4: song or oh, it was written just for the show it wasn't, I don't know where the song came from, I asked David Friedman today, earlier today, where the song, who wrote the song and he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but... Have you posted
6: it today on the internet? I did, I posted it today on my where YouTube where do we find it
4: uh, on Lori Beachman YouTube? Okay, wow, yeah.
6: that's where I'm uh, going. I, the have the minute we're done.
4: I have a Lori Beachman Facebook page that I've had for ten, fifteen years. Oh, I
6: know you. You're very good about keeping up and posting stuff, Mary. <laughs> well, web- go ahead. I had a
4: website. I had a a, a wonderful website that I created uh, fifteen years ago. I guess. Um, I went to, to, I had an idea, I had a concept, because I always promised Lori that I would always make sure everybody knew her. Mm -hmm. I always shared anything that she's done with anyone I knew. And I remember sitting in her dressing room, cat to human, in 1986, (laughs) and um, she, no, 87, and she was talking about that, about being remembered. And I said, I I do everything I can. And I promise you, I always will. After she passed and I was there that day at the Winter Garden. Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. That Lonnie Ackerman's speech is what has stayed with me all these years. You can't do sales calls on the phone. They're going to know your voice. (laughs) <laughs> never forget that story ever <laughs> but I created I went to, to Claudia to, to Claudia Beachman to the Larry sister and I had this whole big proposal and I showed her what I wanted to do and I created a website that I, I'm very proud of I was very very proud of and I, I, I a lot of people came to it and it was wonderful um, um,
0: it's remember- gone now but yeah. What I would just add, you know, I wanted to say is that, you know, there's a piece in the film, um, where Sam it's the section was singing with Sam. Yes. Um, that's when Sam says, you know, Laurie says she never won. Her biggest fear was being erased. And, being I, erased. Think, yeah. and I think that this, um, this kind of thing and, and having the documentary and the YouTube, the music up there and, um, you know, having people start to play Laurie again—I think it's—you um, know—put her, uh, you know, on the standards. I well, mean, this is she's what never I'm stopped playing
4: Here, I have a okay. question. Uh, Can I just for- wait? May, may I just? May I just? I enough about me. I don't care. Everything that has happened within the last two and a half weeks since Galen released this on Valentine's Day, the entire universe. I agree, and we mm-hmm. know who. <laughs> <laughs> is pulling those strings has made all of this happen, and nobody, nobody will ever forget who she is. Well, you haven't cool. been erased, Laurie.
2: Absolutely
4: um, not. And I will till I die. I will make sure. Wow.
2: Um, my question one. for
4: any of you is: Do you know when, where,
2: and how uh the Laurie Beachman Theater came to be? The Laurie Beachman Theater.
0: Steve Olson did it. I don't Steve. know. My- Steve Olsen dedicated it when they renovated it again. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but right
6: it was also' Steve is, the,
0: very
5: good friends with Neil and Lou black and um and yes. they decided that um and and other people, but they decide mark, mark Lynn Baker. They decided right. that that was the appropriate right. thing to do, and and I think the
6: happened. night we opened it, Mary, I think I think we did people performed, and I think we raised money for a scholarship fund, right? For yes, absolutely, uh, University yeah. of Cincinnati because of Jim. That was my recollection when we were yeah. all there that night to launch it. It's funny right. when I go to the West Bank Cafe, and if you go to the bathroom at the back, <laughs> when you come back to your table and you just look down that stairway, it's lit up with the hat, yeah. Lord Beachman yeah. Theater. And exactly. it just kills me every time. It just I know. kills me. And it's a beautiful room. It's a
0: jewel it's a lovely room. room, yeah.
6: It's,
5: yeah. my,
0: it's my preferred room, actually. Yeah. What's wonderful is I've been, you know, getting comments on the YouTube channel, too. You know, people leaving comments like, Oh, now I know what the Lori Beachman Theater means. Oh, They're yeah. like, uh, excited. Yeah. Beautiful.
6: I live in Palm actually. Springs and people didn't know there was a Dinah Shore. Somebody stabbed me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> or work, work,
6: working with Barbara Streisand, they'll go like this Oh, Mrs. Fokker sings. I'm like, Really? I need oh, to Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mary, I wanted to ask you a question mary tested the singer so you know i'm pretty musical yeah. with your, your musical mary's a full-on performer for me like even watching that opening footage today i just started sobbing mary am i nuts or as we hear laurie um throttle into the rising notes You know how it is. When we go to shows, we don't know if the person's going to make it, right? But then Lori not only makes it, but has above and beyond. Do you find the same thing? I mean, it's beyond thrilling, right? Am I nuts?
5: Uh, Absolutely. I watched that, um, and I had never seen that, actually. And Uh when she hit the first high note, I I literally, it was like, ah. And I was so glad that the song went there a number of times to to just keep hearing it. But, you know, a lot of times...
2: yeah. Mary, I have a
5: comment for you. Yes. Come on in here.
2: Come on in here, in here with your show at
6: the MacArthur. That's from Come Flo Rocker. Come on in Rothenberg. here, that's
5: right. That's what it was
6: called. Right. <laughs> Thank exactly you, Flo. Right. Flo, yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. Thank, Thank you.
5: you. Hi, wow. Flo. Oh, God, yeah. Come on in here. I forget everything. Uh, I mean, it's just awful. When,
6: <laughs> when the club, why should you be chosen?
5: <laughs> I know, Exactly. <laughs> Yes, come on in here. Yeah. George Faison directed it. He well, did.
6: Oh wow! Yeah.
0: Mm. I just want to. I just want to say to add, you know, I. I also have a great thanks to Rosie O'Donnell, who just oh, yes came yes. on board yes. with the yes. narration. Yes. I called her, and she said, "Absolutely." And. We had a great day of recording her and um, she was terrific and, and Jesse Green wrote the the, the narration who's yes, yes. a theater critic. I know, it's not so that, cool. that's
5: so great. And Rosie is such a yeah, a supporter of so many people. Yeah, and I'm love, sure a she was love lover, of a real yeah. theater
6: lover, yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I think that was the last um, television show that Lori went on for the album, right? That last album mm-hmm. that she did. She she launched it on Rosie's show.
6: Yeah,
4: sure.
0: I have a question. That was, I think, uh, one of the
4: first. But there was a local access show, a, a religious show, um, that <laughs> I have no idea how I found this thing. Yeah, but I saw it when it aired um, on cable, <laughs> and Father, God, yeah. I, I can't remember his name, but I have my videos I posted from it. And she got to sit and talk about faith and talk about her um, her hope and her life. And she sang three songs from that last album. And wow. it was phenomenal. And she sang it to track, but she was live and unbelievable. And do you have that on your Facebook that we're all running it's, it's Actually, action? it's on my YouTube page. And yeah, it's on the Facebook. The Lori Beachman Facebook. I'm done
6: for the day. Snacks and that. I'm done.
2: Gary, Mary and Richard a question for all of you Uh, and this really blew my mind and it stood out in the film when I watched this when she had this fear of being forgotten um, how deep was that fear and uh, did she really think that people would not remember these great gifts that she's given to all of us and that she continues
4: to give us um, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer first because I I this goes back to when I met her back in '82, so forgive me. I know I know you guys knew her better and, and everything, but that was something that was always said. Yes, she had the rock album. Yes, she's got these Broadway original Broadway cast albums. She always wanted to break through and be a major name. That goes back to the early 80s. Now.
6: Mary, you go next. I'll wind it I, up.
5: I, uh, I, I never had that conversation with her um, because I just personally assumed, you know, regardless of whether she was here or not, she would be remembered. Yeah. But I do remember having the conversation in the hospital room of, uh, when she said, Am, do you think I'm going to die because this was the third time, and this was oh. sort of the, the, the downhill. And um, I just remember Bridget Brady and Larry Yerman were also there. And we just went, we don't know. But we're here now. You're here now. I mean, it was one of those tough, how do you say, probably? Or, you know, we just... It was a very tough moment. Um, And I think she passed a few days later because we were there. So I think that was her concern. Then she and I never had the will I be remembered conversation.
3: How old
0: was she when she
3: passed? 40. 43. 43.
6: Yeah. You know, when we were starting in the business, all of us, and we were in the young, the 70s, 80s, There were hundreds of us. Now there's thousands of these kids. Do you know what I mean? And there's contests and everything. And so in the same way that Mary Tyler Moore used to think she was gonna be forgotten in the shadow of Lucille Ball, you know, everybody's got their thing, right? But Lori wasn't, it wasn't so much about being forgotten as like, why hasn't something happened? You know, you do all these things. In our world, she was a star. But that wasn't the world. She wanted to go bigger. She wanted to be on television. And back then, don't forget, there were only three channels and PBS, okay? Right. Maybe a little HBO. Now with all these platforms and everybody getting opportunities. And if you were from musicals in particular, you would go out for pilot season and come home with your hands empty. Because not everybody could be a star. Not everybody could do it. Or you'd be a summer replacement series. So it was a different time. But yes. that's stated, Right. And her mother, Dolly, never got over the loss of Lori, ever, ever, ever. It was every day in her life. But Jim, do or die, ride or die, uh, when he got that presidential gig, because we were like, yeah, they got to deal with you now. You know, they may not, you know, because that was going to be televised all over. And she went out there and she ate it. She just ate it. And at that time, there was no better gig in the world. And there was Lori Beachman. And Jim says it pretty passionately. So does Neil. But um, inside, she was dying a thousand times, joyous. She knew exactly what was happening. And she was there for every minute of it. Make no mistake. She was there for every second of that. And that was her crowning glory. And she knew everybody had to see her, and whether they liked her or not, or whether they were casting directors or directors or whatever, it's like you know, fuck you, you got to deal with me now. <laughs> exactly.
3: In the best yes.
6: way, she didn't have that in her necessarily, but in a comical way, bitches got to deal with me, got to <laughs> deal with me. And I exactly. love what I said in the movie with all those great artists who opened for her. That
5: <laughs> yes, letter. that's
0: right. Exactly. Yeah.
6: There's,
5: she there's,
0: there's, the how, show. there's. How new, ill is she? When she did that. How ill was she then? She was ill.
6: Yeah. Yeah, she was very sick. But she, uh, you know, and the other thing is, listen, Lori, who introduced me to, uh, what was that guy's name? Bits and Pieces on the Upper West Side. Barry Hendricks. Barry
2: Hendrickson. And,
6: yeah, he did all the hair pieces. She taught me about hair pieces and clipping in the front. And she loved looking good. She loved the clothes. Right. If you look at those earrings with the orange dress. All that shit was shopped for. She was not going down, you know, I without looking a like a K-M-M million bucks.
5: Scarf from Lori. That's right. Will, and it guess the color
2: orange. 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 You know, I will say this: pieces on the corner of 61st, yes, and Broadway. And we had a whole in, bunch of
6: different looks, and they all had their names. All the girls, all in the, things, the fitting, like shorty, role. and a bang, and a like a little <laughs> shoulder length, and we would decide which hair was going down. There was a
2: photograph of Laurie on, uh, and, and right next to that photograph was me as Carol Channing. Oh my God!
6: Where is that? Oh, I see in the shop. You mean? Yes, yes in the shop. Right. Yes, I love and it. We were side by side. You know, we've uh, uh, Gary like you in any good New York restaurant.
2: Hairpieces. Uh, we are at the end of our show, but uh, oh. Gary,
4: you want to say something else? I just want about the inaugural inaugural gala that that performance. That if you. And you, Galen, you've got that moment. Gary. Gary. There's a point where Laurie just puts her hand up and makes a fist because she got it. That she always said when she sang, she was connected to the earth, to the ground, Mm -hmm. and up through. And in that exact second that you have Mm -hmm. in the film where she goes like... Walk on, and she grabs. You just know that's when Laurie connected to everything, and the rest of that performance was pure Beachman. Just we're, we're actually pure ready. nervousness, whatever was gone, and it was just pure Beachman. I'm yep. giving you me. Yeah,
2: we're actually going to end with that clip today. It's so it's, it's so fitting. It. Uh, before uh, we end, um, I am going to give each of you a chance to have your final word. Um, and, uh, I'm going to give my closing remarks and then Judy, I'd like to turn it over to you next. Uh, then, uh, Galen, uh, then, uh, Gary, uh, Galen, Mary and Richard, I'd like you to have the final word. Okay. And then we're actually going to have, uh, Laurie having okay. the final word today. I think that's fitting and appropriate. Um, We all can continue the celebration of Laurie Beachman by uh, watching these clips on YouTube, uh, getting her CDs. She will not be forgotten. Uh, Speak to your friends about Laurie Beachman. And if they don't know who she is, uh, buy her CDs and treat them to this glorious voice. Uh, They will thank you because I I hear her voice in this house. It's on my playlist. I hear her every single day. Uh, She pops up and I just... We are all blessed. I always say thank you for the gifts that you've given to the world and the gifts that you will continue to give. Uh, And this show, when I started doing these shows, it's all about celebrating artists and their body of worth. And what a body of worth that she left for all of us, both on and off stage. Uh, And I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while and let them know how they make a difference in your life. So many people are rushing to post something after someone passes on, and it's very important that we take the time to do so while they're here to hear it. And a lot of people may not know how they are making a difference in your life. So just pick up the phone and call one person and let them know that. Uh, I also, have read that we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. Some are in news, some are in yachts, some are in rafts, some are on kayaks, some are pushing, like Barbara Streisand, they're pushing tugboats up the stream. <laughs> it doesn't matter what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm going to leave the screen and Judy, I'm turning it over to you.
4: Thank you all for being
5: here. Thank you, here. Richard. Thank, thank you, you so much, Richard.
3: Thank you. Thank
4: you. Thank you. Thank you for letting thank me be part of it.
3: Thank you, Richard. You know, I the thing I think I come away with after hearing about Lori from all of you today is to really acknowledge the people who are truly special in our lives and let them know how meaningful they are to us and that we will never forget them. Um, we all have a certain, I think, degree of, of fear that you know when we pass, that's it, and nobody's going to know we were even on the earth. So think about how you want to be remembered, and live that life. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I would just, I would just add that, that um, I'm so grateful that this film has a life now, and that people can share not just the film, but of course, of Lori and. All I can say is share, 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 you know, put it on social media, share the film, let, let more people know about it. And if you hear um, a streaming channel, that's playing music like standards, tweet them and say, play Laurie, you know, remind people that, that Laurie's music is out there and it needs to be played. And thank you. Um, I, I'm just so glad that this film has had the resonance that it's had. And um,
5: About that. Am I next?
6: I think Gary's next, then you, then me. Okay. I I will always be grateful.
4: The the days, the nights, the the time sitting in her audience, being transformed, being in a room with. 80, 300, however many people it was, there was always that moment where everybody became one. There was no breath. Nobody breathed. If you watch that when the curtain comes down, at the very end of that, there is no sound. Because everyone's like, and then thunderous applause because we all then broke back up into separate people. I will never forget that, that shaped my life, that informed how I listen, how I uh, see people. But she gave me a gift that will never go away. And, and she was so kind to me. And we just laughed and had so much fun. And again, like I said, there was no bullshit. You were honest. We were honest. And Richard J., do you remember the Beechman Martini? Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> I do. The jars of pickled okra that she would bring. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There you go. So as soon as we're done, I'm having one. I went to the market today to go get a jar of pickled okra to have a martini (laughs) in our honor today. Very good. Yes, and thank you for everything you've done. I adore you, Mary. I know I'm not looking in the right place, but I I adore you.
5: Thank you, and it's so nice to see you.
4: Back from the days of In Trousers, I've been a fan. Oh, my god, I love you. Bye. Wow. Thank you, Richard Skipper, for this.
5: Well, I have to say, Lori's the, Lori taught me how to drink a martini, first of all, so I kudos to Lori. But I loved Lori very much. She was a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. Apart from her talent, apart from her magic, Lori was my dear friend, and I miss her. I always will. I know that she is one of the angels that surrounds everyone she loved, so that's comforting. But there will never be anyone like Lori and I am very grateful that I knew her and that I was able to have a relationship, a friend relationship with her that was spectacular. So um, I'm grateful to be asked to be a part of this. Thank you, Richard. And thank you, Richard. It's nice to see you. And um, I look forward to more and more people knowing who Lori is and was.
6: Thank you. Uh, The closing shot. Uh, Well, first of all, nobody looked better than Mary Testa today. So that's how I want to start. I'm just going to say this to all the people who played a part in Lori's life and in this story. uh, I'm so grateful. And I just, you know, there's that thing about life of why do people meet? Why do two people cross in life? And I'm just glad because... A lot of people didn't. And so Lori and I had a fantastic um, chapter together. Hearing all these stories, knowing this film is out there, Neil, how fantastic, Jim, all the people that were missing today, Trevor, Cameron, everybody, I'm very, very grateful to be a chapter of this. I'm glad I'm alive to see its resurgence. Um, you know, I used to have a joke that when they start doing revivals of Broadway shows, you were in. it's time to get out of town, um, like when Amadeus happened. <laughs> A couple of times. Uh, so I'm grateful. And Richard Skipper, thank you for doing this. And um, uh, all of you, all I can say is go find your way to the treasures of Lori Beachman. All right, thank you.